We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. I am here. Tommy is here. The show today is presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag or MyBookie.com. Use my promo code KevinDC, and they'll give you a great first-time offer. By the way, they've got all the NBA you need. They've got all of the NFL preseason props. They don't have a mock schedule up quite yet. Uh, that's coming uh, in their odds later on this week. I'm kidding. Um, Tommy's in studio with me today. I get to look right at him. Uh, Tommy came in for a number of reasons. We'll get to those in a moment. But go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com and use my promo code. This uh, is a review from Bree. Bree in Silver Spring writes, five stars, by the way. Thank you, Bree. I rarely miss an episode of this podcast. The episodes with Tom are the best. I love Cooley but he's hard to hear sometimes. <laughs> Kevin with nothing but peace and love. Brian Robinson Jr.'s last name is Robinson, not Robinson Jr. Jr. is a reference to his first name. Please omit Jr. like you omit the G in strength. <laughs> um, wait a minute. So am I supposed to say Brian Jr. Robinson? I've I don't never understand heard, that. I've never heard it phrased that way. If his father is Brian Robinson, right, then he would be Brian Robinson Jr. Right. Uh, not. I mean, he's also Brian Jr. among those that are very comfortable with yes. them and are calling them just by their first name. Or Jr. Or simply Jr. Or Jr. That's what everybody used to call Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken, they used to call well, him Jr. That's all they called him, for sure. We know another Jr. too, don't we? Um, we know a lot of juniors. <laughs> yes. what, which junior are you referring to? <laughs> Feinstein. Oh, that junior. Uh, so, um, it's good to have you in studio. Tommy came in. He was going to come in on Wednesday, and I can't do Wednesday now, so he was uh, nice enough to change the plans. Now, wait a minute. Are <clears> you yeah. go- you're going to do the podcast Wednesday. I'm going to do the podcast Wednesday. We're going to do it early. Yes. I have a funeral to go to. Uh, Sorry to hear yes, that. Yes, and um, so I will be going to that right after the radio show. Uh, but anyway... Um, it's good to have you in studio. And I like I like what you've done with the studio. Since, <laughs> it's, it looks since, a lot different, doesn't it? Since the last time I was here. Yeah. What what you looks know? different to you? Anything? Uh actually there should be something much different. We the, the soundproofing is totally different. Is it really? Yeah. 
yeah, the soundproofing. We we redid the soundproofing about a month and a half, two months ago. What did it look and like? You before? Had, I don't think you were in in the last two months. No. What did it look like before? Uh, it was it was a different type of soundproofing, and it was a different color, color? of soundproofing. What was the color? Do you it remember? was brown. Okay. Um, now this is burgundy. Yes. You know, <laughs> it is a burgundy soundproofed studio. Why don't you paint the walls gold? Not, I I don't think I could get away with that. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't ask for the burgundy, <laughs> but our good friend Mike Nelson Jr. I think yes. Uh, um, Mike Jr. Nelson, uh, he brought, uh, he, he picked it out, and he's a big fan of the team. So maybe he just figured I'd want burgundy. And so I wasn't going to send it back at that yeah. point. But anyway, there you go. Um, it's still, it's, it still pretty much resembles a studio for a guy who, who has to get out of town ten minute, in 10 minutes. <laughs> no, there's more stuff in here than was in my <laughs> old office. I, you know what? I have a lot in here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to take some of it if you'd like it. I have a lot of product in here, you know, from some of our advertisers in boxes. And it's, it's, it's great product. Obviously, we love all of our yes. advertisers. And, but, you know, in some cases, I got sent a lot of additional product, and I haven't even used up the first uh, you know, wave of products. So I can send some product home with you if you'd like. Well, whatever it is, my wife will eat it if it's free. She'll eat anything. <laughs> it's not food. Uh, there are oh. some drinks in there, however. Okay. Um, no, no. The Magic Spoon cereal, we go through pretty quickly. Oh, you quickly. go through that. Actually, I did give, I got you something to bring home today, didn't yes, I? Yes, you did. You gave me a present, <laughs> a box of Lorna Dunes. Let me let me show it to the camera. Yeah, hold and, it up. Hold it up for News Channel 8. Yeah, let me show it to the camera. A box of Lorna Dunes. Right. <clears throat> You must really want something bad. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, um, well, I, I, I got us lunch today because yes, I was starving and I figured, well, I'm going to order lunch for me and you were coming in. So we did chick, I did, I ordered Chick fil A via uh, Uber Eats, which was done with a half an hour to go on my radio show, timed out perfectly. And as you were walking in, we had just gotten it. And then I had to run down to my car to get something and I walked back through Safeway to get myself a yogurt. And I saw the Lorna Dunes in the cookie aisle. So I just it, I figured I'd get you a, a thing of Lorna Dunes. You've not opened them yet. No, well, because, because I usually have them with, with a glass of milk, and I, I, di- I, I dunk them. <laughs> you do? I dunk them you, in the milk. You're a, you're a dunker? Yes. I never was a dunker. Oh, I'm a big-time dunker. Not a dunker. Now, I like a cold glass of milk with cookies, but not for dunking purposes. You know what I My would, father was always a dunker. I, I like to dunk bread. What? Bread. Oh my God! What do you mean bread? You bread. Dunk, you like, dunk even, bread into milk. Even sliced bread, I like Why? to dunk because then it tastes good. Then it's soggy, gross. I like it. Oh, you're <laughs> disgusting. Um, seriously, you dunk bread. Yes, the, the, I've dunked bread. I don't it, dunk soggy bread, bread. regularly. Most people I've, don't like soggy bread. I would guess. I've done it. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I usually eat it within seconds of dunking it, so it's not really soggy at that point. It's it's fulfilling. Okay. I would imagine once you dunk bread, it's soggy. Okay. It, it sogs pretty quickly <laughs> once you dunk bread. Um, but by the way, in talking about dunking cookies, so I do, you know, I do love Oreos, um, but my father loved Hydrox. Okay. Remember the Oreo equivalent? Yes. Made by Sunshine, maybe? That sounds right. Um, but. He used to dunk the Hydrox in milk. I remember that when I was a kid. But I became much more of an Oreos fan. 
But I don't – Oreos isn't my top cookie. What's your top cookie? Well, yeah, I know what it is. It's Lorna Doon. But you know you know what? What? I used to – when I would, used to eat them a lot more, uh-huh. uh, I had a dunking technique where I dunked and then I tapped the cookie against the side of the, of the cup twice to – Get the you know get, get get the drops off. Right, so you it's know? not completely soaked like right. bread. Right. Yeah. So I would do that, and I got to be such a habit that I would do it with almost any food. I, I would had this like this Pavlov's dog thing where I would like <laughs> tap whatever I was eating twice. Right. And my kids used to make fun of me when they catch me doing it, especially with the bread, because then the bread just fell apart. It was all <laughs> soggy. <laughs> I hope you didn't tap the bread after you dunked it. No, I didn't. But, <laughs> okay. I mean, I used to do that. It was like second nature mm-hmm. for me. So, but I, I don't eat. I rarely have. I might have Lorna Dunes maybe two times a year. I um, boy, there are a lot of. What's interesting is I just Googled Hydrox, and you know what pops up? Hydrox versus Oreo. Like this is a big, you know, debate. It's is it really a debate? I would imagine Oreo in terms of cookie sales. What are the top cookie sales? What's the number one cookie? It's got to be Oreos, right? I would think so. Cookie sales. Cookies by sales. I would have to think it's Oreos. Um, Best-selling cookie brands. Pepperidge Farms makes some pretty good cookies. From they're, they're my favorites. Uh, hold on. Okay. I'm going to get this here. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I used to like social teas, too. That was another cookie that I liked. Sounds like a lot of... Girl cookies. Yeah. <laughs> um, number. Well, I, well, let me ask you a question. What's what? a man's cookie? What's a man's cookie? Yeah. Um. Probably a. What? Uh. Well, a chocolate. There's no man's cookie. Yeah, there but isn't there are, a man's a tea cookie. Cookie reminds me of we are going to have tea with it as well. A little four o'clock tea with the girls. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Th- this looks like it's it. Uh, but they count Little Debbie um, oatmeal cream pies. Is that a cookie? Oreos Double Stuff is a bigger seller than Oreos. Okay. Then Belveda cookies. Chips Ahoy. That makes sense. Then the Oreo. I don't like any of them. Milano's are up there. Yeah, Milano. I'm a big Milano fan. My wife is a big Milano fan. Yeah, I like me. the double. Um, I like the double dark chocolate Milano's. Those are pretty good. I'll remember that if you ever come come to your studio. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll have a, a bag on 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 site for you. So, um, I want to save the NBA because I know that you watched Denver Phoenix last night for either the next segment or the last I segment. Can't, I can't hear you. <laughs> What'd you say? I, I can't hear All right, you. All tell me about your ears. God, Tommy, for, I, I mean, look, look at me. I mean, I get them lunch. I get him a, a, a package of Lorna Dune cookies, and I forget to mention his ears, which he told me to do before the show. How are your ears doing? A friggin' disaster. Why? What's going on? An absolute disaster. Uh, after the operation, uh, I could hear fine. It was great. And like an idiot, I listened to the post-operation directions where they send you home with eardrops and they say put them in twice a day. I'm assuming that's to reduce the chance of infection. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, by the third day, I couldn't hear anything out of either ear because of the eardrops. 
They were getting cl- like yeah. clogged or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. My hearing now is worse, is worse than it was before the so operation. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going in to see the doctor Wednesday. Uh-huh. You got to wait till Wednesday? You can't hear. I can hear. I mean, it's just like- You're, fi- you're, you're lip reading right now. It's like 50%, <clears throat> you know? I mean, I, I tell you what, I wish I could walk around with headphones. I'd be able to hear fine. But- uh, so I'm going in on Wednesday, and I don't know if there's anything you know she can do for it, really. Well, they have to probably have to drain the ears again. Well, I'm not going to go through uh, that operation again. Oh, my God, you are a mess. I'm not going through that operation I again. I mean, get the eyes and the ears done at the same time next time. You know, you you, you <laughs> should show a little bit more sympathy, or, I'll, or I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about my eye treatment. I, I know about your eye treatment. No one ever wants to hear okay. about that again. All right. By the way, on or off the podcast, <laughs> that's one you keep to yourself. Like, by the way, the commanders should have done last year when they were bragging <laughs> about all the quarterbacks that they were interested in. I mean, you know, seriously. I'm sure most of you by now know the story that apparently now the Colts want the league to investigate. Florio came out a little while ago, like as in earlier this morning, and said that the update to the story, I had it here a moment ago. Hold on for one second. Oh, Jesus God. Here it is. Um, The update to the story is that... uh, The Colts are, quote, seeking to learn more about what exactly transpired and whether any tampering occurred. So if you miss this, John Keim wrote a story over the weekend about Sam Howell. Very positive story. I mean, everybody's really, I mean, they are, woof. I'm not talking about John. It's all the quotes and the sources that he has. They are into them. They are into some Sam Howell. Yes, they are. That's for sure. Um, But in this story, John wrote, quote, They even phoned about retired Andrew Luck, just in case. Now, what he's talking about was last year's pursuit of a quarterback. When they, you know, first tried for Russell Wilson, struck out on Russell Wilson, and ended up with Carson Wentz. Um, And recall um, that the organization had said that they're calling everybody. You know, Kime had the story. Martin Mayhew said they're calling all 32 teams. They called about 40 quarterbacks or whatever it was back then. Well, the problem with Andrew Luck is if they called Andrew Luck directly, it is a violation of the tampering rule. If they called his agent directly to, to inquire as to whether or not he'd be interested in coming out of retirement, that is a violation of the NFL tampering rule. If they indicated interest in Andrew Luck to a media member, that could be a violation of the tampering rule. Here is the tampering rule in more detail um, as described uh, in uh, by ESPN, and this was, I think, a John Kime uh, follow-up. Um, the Tampa was this John? I want to no. It's Stephen Holder from ESPN. I think he covers the Colts. Any public or private statement of interest, qualified or unqualified, in another club's player to that player's agent or representative, or to a member of the news media, is a violation. Uh, in addition to direct contact with said player. Kansas City got fined, uh, got docked a third and a sixth rounder back in 2016 for tampering with Jeremy Macklin when he was an Eagle. The Dolphins lost their first round pick this year for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Right. 
So um, when they were, you know, telling everybody last year about, you know, crossing every T and dotting every I as far as the quarterback pursuit went, uh, they probably mentioned, oh, by the way, Andrew Luck. And John wrote about it a year ago, but nobody picked up on it. And then he wrote about it yesterday, and they picked up on it. Um, It's not John's fault. No. I mean, John is reporting what he heard. Now, is it possible that the the way he wrote it, um, in which you know he describes, um, you know, they even phoned about retired Andrew Luck, that maybe if they didn't phone anybody other than the Colts, maybe that should have been described more accurately. Because the only way they didn't tamper is if they called the Colts about Andrew Luck, or they didn't call anybody about Andrew Luck. Right. If they called anybody else pretty much there's a potential tampering charge here i have no idea if this leads to anything i mean you would think at this point uh and look it's it's still possible that you know ursay could just you know for for the hard on he's got for for dan snyder just could be flexing his muscles uh on this but you would think if the colts are asking for further clarification they would know if somebody in their organization had talked to the team about Andrew Luck. You would think that they would know that. That's right. So if, 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 if they seem unaware of that happening, it's more likely that it didn't happen. Or Ursay is just trying to stir it up. Yes. What, what's more likely, though? Well, you know what's, what's actually the most likely scenario for me? Everything's believable with them, of course. Of course. Um, is that... It was just a throwaway line when they were talking about, you know, calling everybody and looking for everybody's quarterback. Or we even called about Andrew Luck. Actually, now that I say that to myself, I, I don't think that's the most likely. Because why would you just throw that out there unless at some point you were thinking about it? Right. Um, and if you were thinking about it and didn't do it, then you knew it was probably something that could get you in trouble. So why mention it in the first place? Look, Mr. My Boogie, <clears throat> if you were setting the odds on whether or not this team tampered or not, the odds that they tampered would be what? Um, they would probably be the leading favorite of, right. of the odds. Right, and yeah. that's based on their track record yeah. of screw-ups. Or or some, and then second, in a close second, is Ursay, you know, they did call somebody. They called Greg Ballard or somebody yeah. in the organization, and they didn't tell Ursay yeah, or that, that's whatever. that's possible. Yeah. That's certainly possible. But here's the thing that, um, and I talked about this on radio this morning. This is just so them. You know, it doesn't matter who's been here for the last quarter century, and we all hope that it's going to change with new ownership, and, and it should change. But everybody that's been here under Snyder, really starting with Dan and Vinny, is they just talk too much. They just always talk too much. They're always trying to talk something into to talk about something that'll make them look good in their own mind. And, you know, that usually happens on days that aren't Sundays during the fall. <laughs> you know, it's still my, one of my favorite doc lines is this organization does Monday through Saturday better than anybody. Sunday's the problem. And it's always been the case with them. They just, you know, my old mantra with them, which is they are the kings of overpromising and underdelivering. It's just always been part of who Snyder and the organization is. And it hasn't been that much different with Ron. Look no. at what they're doing and trying to pitch Sam Howell to yeah. us this whole whole off season. But well, he, it, it would be so like them to have 
telegraphed of they telegraphed how desperate they were for a quarterback, right? Right to start with, you know, and so they didn't get Russell Wilson. Offered more than ultimately Denver ended up paying for him. Um, and then they're in that desperate situation with Indy, where Indy robs them blind. Yeah, <laughs> but it was easy. Carson Wentz. Trade. It was easy to because they knew how desperate they were. Yes, and they just allowed them to negotiate negotiate against themselves. And this has happened well before Ron got here. They were always on the wrong side of almost every deal that they did for a long period of time. Very few deals did they come out on the better side. You know, they were the organization that every agent called first and every team called first to try to unload or get their player to sign because they'd overpay on the on the free agency contract side and they would overpay on the compensation side and a trade. Bruce kind of changed that for a while, but the bottom line is this group, I mean I, I remember reading, I think it was an Albert Breer story about Matt Ryan signing with the Colts and Ron like called the Colts up and said, my God, how did you get Matt Ryan for that price? Like, be- because you were an idiot. You you told them how desperate you were. They had nobody else. They were going to cut this guy. And you traded picks, plural. And by the way, eight is $28 million contract. And then all the while they're doing that, they're getting absolutely, you know, fleeced by the Colts. Somebody might may have been out there talking about Andrew Luck, which will cost them another pick <laughs> down the road, maybe. Like you can't make it up with these people. This group talks too much also. You know, the well, part of talking too much is is trying to explain your mistakes. That's part of what but they goes don't, on here. They don't admit mistakes, but usually. but they, but they are but they are trying to do that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to explain that what they did was not a mistake. Mm. That's what they all. That's what the talking is. They're usually behind the eight ball, and they're trying to tell you, no, 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 we're the cue ball, we're in charge. <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> so that's what the talking comes from. You know, I listened to you on on your show on on the, on the way in here today. And I wanted to bring this up to you because you've brought this up before uh, about how, you know, how they, I mean, we've, we both agreed to maybe different levels that Ron has totally screwed up the quarterback thing since he's been here. But you tend to bring in this notion that, well, they, it's not because they didn't try. Right. You know, they tried with Stafford. Right. They tried with uh, Wilson. Wilson. But come on now. Okay. What? Imagine you're running the worst, most embarrassing radio station in the world. Okay. And somebody comes to Kevin, you, and says, I want you to come work for us. And you have other options to go work at. Right. What's what's the perspective? What's the what's the thinking of the management of that worst radio station? Do they really think that they can get the best talent? in sports talk radio, to come work for them? No. You see, that's the problem. That's why the chase was totally disingenuous, because there was no way Russell Wilson was going to agree to come to Washington. There was no way Matt Stafford was going to agree to play for this organization. So their pursuit is disingenuous. So they get zero credit for it because it wasn't based in reality. I think their pursuit for these things, being this organization for a long period of time, and I hope this time next year we're talking about you know yes, a yes. functional organization for the first time, and we can no longer suspend reality. 
Um, but I think what they have found over the years, in recent years, is they probably just had to pay a little bit more to get somebody. And I think they offered more to I, Russell Wilson. I don't think there was any amount of money. Oh, well, you know, I don't know that Ron knows that. Well, I see, don't know that problem. Martin and Marty they, they, know They that. don't have a real perspective yeah. as to how bad of an organization they are. Yeah. Well, you know what? I that's I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe there's, you know, once you're inside it, and by the way, you feel like you're doing a pretty good job and you're you're changing things that you're in a different organization than the one that hired you. Because I do think there's some of that in Ron right now. I think Ron believes that, because we heard it from day one, culture. We've got to change the culture. And I give him credit for changing the culture in that locker room because it is. It's a decent roster. Yes, it is. There's a different kind of you know leadership among the players than we've had before. And I think Ron deserves credit for that. Um, so I do think they are living that their, their reality, no matter how delusional it is, is that they change the organization for the better and people out there know it and realize it, but the record really hasn't changed. And, you know, and the decision-making, but John Allen stayed and Terry McLaurin stayed and Deron Payne just stayed. None of whom are Ron Rivera's player. No, they're not. But maybe that makes it even more impressive that he was able to keep them. Yeah. Look, we know players <laughs> like to play for Rivera. Yeah. I mean, in Carolina, they sung his praises, yep. his former I think players. they like to play for Jack, too. And we'll find out yeah. if they want to play, you know, if they if they enjoy playing for Eric at some point. You yes. Know, during the season. You know, I, I found another John Kimes story. It's a small little thing. It could be nothing, okay? But the whole Sam Howe thing, and I'm going to get to something that I think is really at at the heart of, of our, our issue with Sam Howe. Okay. Uh, this is what John Kime, and we, I love John Kime, yep. okay? This is not to single out John Kime. Right, we love It's you. nothing bad he wrote here, okay? He's done a great job of covering the team for decades. Uh, he wrote, evaluating the 2022 draft, when he got to Sam Howe, he said, my take, Washington wanted a developmental quarterback and ended up with a quarterback it would have considered higher not it, have it not traded for Carson Wentz. Some with Washington considered how the top quarterback in this class, pointing to his 2020 film when he was surrounded by more talent as evidence what he can do. But with Wentz aboard, Washington only wanted a quarterback who could possibly develop into a solid backup. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, so... They hi- thought highly of him, right. but when they drafted him, they they were just looking for a solid backup. Yeah. This gets to the Sam Howe problem. The problem with Sam Howe that I have is not Sam Howe. He could be the guy, okay? He's shown significant talent at North Carolina. He could be the guy. It's the dis- dishonest process that they talk about right. to get to this point. It's full of dishonesty and deceit yep. and bullshit. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, in John's story from over the weekend, you know, they talk about how, um, you know, the opening the opening uh, paragraph is the commander said it all off season. Quarterback Sam Howell was their guy. Then during last week's draft, their actions spoke even louder. The commanders did not draft a quarterback, as some analysts projected them to do, which means Howell really is their guy, just like they'd been saying all along. 
And then a couple of paragraphs later, and by the way, I love John too. He's one of the highest quality of reporters covering this team for decades. But it's it's three paragraphs later. One team source said the only quarterback who would have te- tempted them was Tennessee's Hendon Hooker, but only if he was there when they selected in the third round. So there was a quarterback yes. that they were actually considering taking, which is something I had mentioned like a month ago. I know they were really blown away, impressed with Hendon Hooker. Now, he didn't make it to the end of the third round. He was 29 picks earlier to Detroit, uh, but it, you couldn't have said they really believe in Hal uh, because they didn't draft a guy uh, but they did think about drafting a guy. But no, to your point, like it's the I have no idea if Sam Howell's going to be any good either. I think there's some things about him that I actually really like. I liked it North Carolina, and I liked in the Dallas game and even the preseason last year. And then there were things at Carolina I didn't like. I really felt, and I said, why, it's one of the reasons Sam Howell wasn't one of my favorite quarterbacks in that draft. I thought that under pressure, he put the ball up for grabs a little bit too much. Not Will Levis like. Um, but that he he wasn't my favorite in a year with terrible quarterbacks. But just the whole notion that, and it's this paragraph, and we've been through this kind of before, but according to sources, John writes, with knowledge of the commander's draft process, Washington scouts gave him, this would have been in 2022, a grade that equated to a second-round pick. Some of them gave him a third-round equivalent, but others had him in the late first. One source said leading into the draft that, had they not traded for Wentz, they would have targeted Howell on the second day, which means a second or third round pick. When he was still available in the fifth round, the commanders pounced. Well, like I pointed out a couple of times in the in the last few weeks, I, I don't at this point the grade, whether it's a first, second, or third, um, it's much higher than where they picked him, which was the fifth. It's much higher than where they could have picked him at the in the middle of the fourth, but traded back. They were so interested in this dude and thought he was such a steal in the fourth round because they had people with a second-round grade, third-round grade, first-round grade, that they passed on him in the fourth round and traded back and then took him with the first pick in the fifth round. Now, maybe it's because of what you said. At that point, they weren't looking for a starter. They were just looking for a good backup (laughs) because they had Carson Wentz. Yes. Uh, The whole thing is is all – it's kind of their their attempt to change the conversation in this offseason. A, they couldn't go after and take a big swing this year, whether it was a worthwhile swing because they hadn't, you know, or not, um, you know, uh, for an Aaron Rodgers or a Lamar Jackson or a big trade up in the draft, et cetera, because it's not what the ownership situation this offseason would allow. My take is if we had had a normal, and when I say normal, not normal, but a typical um, Washington uh, offseason with Dan Snyder still as the owner, they would have gone and swung big again. It was after the Cleveland game. You pointed this out last week. He was still talking about they got to get the quarterback problem solved. Well, in this story, they said by mid to, to late season, which is you know before the Cleveland game and at the Cleveland game, they were already starting to realize this guy's got the you know a chance. Yeah. To be. No, he said after the Cleveland game, we got to solve the quarterback problem. Maybe in his own mind, he was thinking we got the solution here. I just can't tell everybody about it. I'll tell everybody in about nine days. <laughs> um, yeah. But then, you know, we go from this this end of Cleveland game to nine days later, uh, you know, he is 
put slapping the QB1 label on a guy that he wasn't even willing to start in a preseason environment. I think if we had a typical ownership situation, they would have been out swinging big again, and maybe they wouldn't have landed. Um, and but but they wouldn't have slapped the QB one label on on Sam Howell. Not that I'm not saying that they don't believe in him to a certain extent, but I don't think they're convinced by any stretch of the imagination. Short, nor should anybody really um, be convinced. But it became a good way to deflect from. The horrific Cleveland game, the forgetting that you could be eliminated from the playoffs on that afternoon, to no hope um, on quarterback, and then you know to you know not start not wanting to start him, and then all of a sudden he starts, he plays you know relatively well. By the way, one of my favorite lines in the Kime story about Hal is the um, the touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin, which was his first pass. Yeah, remember. Hal read man coverage at the line and was prepared for how the Cowboys played McLaurin. He also knew how McLaurin would react on his choice route, continue to run across because it was man coverage. Rivera said Hal made the play because of his pre-snap read. The throw and the touchdown was as good as it gets. <laughs> you know, and he's got other things in here about um, you know, Rivera said he uh, began to notice how players reacted to Hal in practice, whether scout team or with the starters. Privately, by season's end, players felt he was ready to start. Some even predicted he'd do very well in the NFL. Rivera said, quote, the first thing you'd hear from was the defensive guys. I was trying to make the play. I just couldn't get to the ball because he throws such a perfect ball. The old saying is that players know players. Um, as you listen to them talk about it, the receivers would say his ball's so catchable. He threw that to the only spot, you know, where where I could catch it. I mean, there is an incredible turnaround from where we were on that Sunday, Monday after the Cleveland game and before the Dallas game to where we are now. And I would just go back to the story about Andrew Luck that we started with. They run their mouths a lot. They talk a lot. And at some point, I, many years ago, started to say they, they are the kings of overpromising and underdelivering, and I stopped listening to all the bullshit or st- stopped believing it because yeah. it's just who they are. And this group isn't any different. I think with this group, it stems or the root is less from Dan and more from a general insecurity about the job they're doing. And I don't think they should feel insecure. You know, Ron coming up with this thing a few weeks ago about, oh, we are now focused on building out the roster. Yes. You know, he needed a theme. You know, just like when he got all sensitive about the Van Natta story, which, you know, said that, you know, Snyder picked Wentz, you know, to a certain degree. And Rivera went, you know... In the press conference after the Chicago, no, that's my guy. I did the analytics. I don't even know what he, if he knows what it, the analytics mean. And he's going on and on. Uh, by the way, you think you'd like to take that back at this yeah. point? Yeah. But it's like they're just a little bit insecure and sensitive, and they're trying to make their case. And now you couple that with they're trying to make their case for the new owner to keep their yeah. jobs. Yes, they are. Um, so here we are with the Sam Howell story and – Hey, Josh, we got our quarterback. <laughs> we drafted him in the fifth round. How about that? And if, 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 yeah, if there is a real competition, well, Ron has never said there's going to be a quarterback competition on this. He has said that, that, uh, Sam will have a chance to win the job. Right. That's different from a quarterback competition. Okay. Uh, so if, if, you know, I'll be real curious to see how that unfolds. And I brought this up to you before. 
And I'm going to, if, if no one's ever going to ask Ron, and I don't think they have, I'm going to ask him the next press conference I'm at. What does that mean exactly? Does that mean that they'll get the same amount of snaps with the first team? Will they get the same amount of work? Or will Sam get more work because he's QB number one? I think it's one? the latter to start with. Okay, well, then, 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 then of course he's going to have a chance to win the job. He's going to get the, the opportunity to work with the first team. Yeah, we've said this before. If it's a tie, if Sam wins the you know this whatever they want to call it, he's the starter. If it's a tie, Sam's the starter. If Jacoby beats him out by just a tiny bit, I think Sam's still the starter. Yeah. But what they don't know, and they're not going to know because they've never had him in this role, and by the way, remember, this is not year two of Sam Howell in the same system. This is year one of a new system right. with Eric Bieniemy, And then you throw all of his inexperience on top of that. I mean, I can't fathom any way that Jacoby Brissett isn't going to look much yes. more ready to play yes. in the summertime. So it's going to have to come down to, and I think it comes down to Bienemy. And I, don't, I really think this is going to be a Bienemy call. Is he far enough along and close enough to ready to ride out the rough games, the rough plays, because you really believe that you see something that's worth cultivating? If they think during training camp or this whole offseason in training camp that it's a long shot, then Jacoby Brissett's got a chance. If they think that Sam Howell, if he doesn't wow everybody in training camp, but there's something there that Eric Bieniemy in particular thinks is worthwhile and they're not going to lose the team over, then maybe they ride it out and they they let him make mistakes because they really see something. I think I know I think we've had this conversation before, but I think it's an interesting one with Eric Bieniemy. I think I talked to Nikki Javala about it on Friday. Um Nikki was great. She was on Friday's show. Um and I said, you know, to me this is a bigger year for Eric Bieniemy than it is Ron Rivera and I think Nikki agreed with me. I just think Ron Rivera understands that this might be it and he's he may be okay with that after right. a long coaching career. Eric Bieniemy has to really move the needle here to get that head coaching job opportunity that has eluded him. I mean, look, the OC jobs weren't out there for him either, except for this place. So there are two ways he can achieve that. He can achieve that with Jacoby Brissett, an experienced quarterback with a great supporting cast, an outstanding defense, and the offense ends up having much better results, and they win 9-10 games, and they go to the playoffs, and everybody says, wow, Washington's not near the bottom of the league again in, all, in, in passing offense. Um, or... They could go six and eleven, but Sam Howell shows great promise because Eric Bieniemy's developing himself a, a starting caliber top half of the league kind of quarterback, and you see it as the season goes on and the offense gets better and better. And that at the end of the year, they're not playing in the playoffs because he made a lot of mistakes in his first year of starting, but Bieniemy gets credit for developing the guy that looks like the starter in the future. I don't know which way. I mean, maybe he'll have both as viable options. Um, what complicates it, too, is the new ownership, okay? Because I know, you know, we've li- you've lived for under Dan Snyder for years and years of ownership meddling, okay? And now you're going to have a new owner take over, and basically, more than likely, watch a stadium crowd disappear before his eyes as the season goes on. Okay, there'll be an initial bump. Big bump. Yes. That home opener I'm predicting right now is a sellout. 
Uh, you, they haven't had a sellout in three year, right. years. What right. kind of sellout depends on who they play. I don't know if it does. Yes, it does. I don't. If it's an Eagles or a Giants or Cowboys. Well, definitely. But if I, I don't think it's going to matter. I bet you that that home opener, because remember, I'm in the midst of putting together my mock schedule. I know. Right now, and I've thought a lot about the home opener, a lot, and what the league will want and what the team will want. And I think it would be a big mistake, and this is a little bit of a clue on my mock schedule that I'll do with Tommy on Wednesday's show, um, but the I think it would be a big mistake to have the home opener be Dallas or the Eagles. Well, so do I. Yeah. I think it would. I think you want to create the opportunity for Commanders oh, fans to I'm be sorry. there. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought no. you were talking about just in the ability to sell out the stadium. No, no, no. I think you want yes. the opportunity for Commanders fans exactly. to be there. That's why somebody no. like, you know, an Arizona or a Miami or somebody like that right. makes more sense for the opener. Uh, by November, if you're Sam Howe, 6 and 11, but shows promise materializes those crowds will be lots. Will, will, will be typical. That's okay. Ghost town feel. Oh, you know what? You're you don't own the team. You don't own you. You, you didn't just buy the team. But if I did, if the process was the right process, and we have an a, owner to build a winner, and we have an owner who in Philadelphia, yeah, was known for the process. The, the process. If if the owner is 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 a good owner, and he's trusting his football people, which I think they're not his football people though. Well, my, my first move is to bring in a football person to oversee all this. If the football person that he brings in that he he makes he tells Ron, you're going to coach a team. You're no longer the general manager of the team, nor is Martin Mayhew. You guys continue to work for us and we're, we're going to I'm going to have this guy, whoever that guy is, he's going to evaluate it. And when agree. that guy says to him, they're doing the right thing, playing Sam Howell. He's got he's got the potential. This is a chance to have a franchise quarterback here. And every franchise quarterback, for the most part, almost all of them, took their lumps oh, yeah. in the first year of starting. Absolutely. So Absolutely. And uh, I mean be previously it would it would be a foolhardy errand because we had no confidence in this ability in this team's ability to develop quarterbacks. Right. But there'll be a new owner. You seem very soft-spoken today. I'm not. I'm probably because I can't hear. <laughs> probably because I'll, I'll tell you what. I might I'm a have little, to have you boosted here at the end of the day. I'm a little pissed off about what? About my hearing. I would be too. Jesus, come I, on! I hear you. You know, I, I, I hear you. I I, um, I I stick the eardrops in my ear mm-hmm. like an idiot. You know, following the instructions, mm-hmm. and before you know, it, my ears are full of medicine, and and there I can't hear anything. Um, we're going to get you better somehow. I would have a Lorna Dooner three on the drive back. <laughs> no milk to dip them in. Um, you can pick up some milk. I'll pick uh, up some milk yeah, on the way. Pick up some milk I on the way I don't think I can dip while I'm driving. Oh, uh, come on. You can dip while you're driving. <laughs> you should be able to dip. Dr- you should be able to dip, text. Uh, you know, sometimes I end up driving with my knee. Oh, I don't even want it. You are such an irresponsible driver. <laughs> no, I'm not. Knock oh, you wood. are too. Not going. I'm. I'm much better now. I used to be uh, way too fast of a driver. I'm not anymore because the photo enforced. Just, yes. I mean, <laughs> when you're getting one of those, you know, every two days, that's bad. All right. Um, there is some news on the NFL schedule. Yes, I want to get to is. that, and then. Uh, we will get to the NBA playoffs. Tommy watched last night. If he hadn't watched, I don't know what I would have done today because I so want to talk about the Denver-Phoenix game. 
We'll get to all of that and more right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Tommy, tell us about Shelly's before we get started on our second segment of the podcast today. Okay, Shelly's Back Room, my home away from home at 1331 F Street Northwest in the district. Uh, It's got this, you know, if you're looking for great cigars, Cigar Aficionado publishes a list every year of the top 25 cigars. You can find them at Shelly's. And if there's something else you want, you'll likely find them at Shelly's too. They have a great selection of cigars. They have a staff that's willing to help you find the cigar you want. And they have a great menu. It, it, the, whole, the whole concept of Shelly's is a menu of excellence. From the comfort of the chairs to the food you might want to eat to the cigar you might want to smoke to the drink you want to have, it's all there at Shelly's. Shelly's Back Room, 1331 F Street Northwest. Make sure you get down there. If you happen to bring, be bringing the family down to, to D.C., or if you're bringing visitors down, you know, who want to see the sights, tell them lunch is on you at Shelly's Back Room. Great spot. Uh, probably rocking last night for the NBA playoffs. Yes. <laughs> A lot of NHL hockey yesterday uh, as well. Um, so, all right. What did you watch? You watched Phoenix, Denver? Yes. Did you watch the whole thing or just parts of it? Parts of it. Which parts? Uh, the end. Just the end? No, no. The second half. The second half. Okay, go ahead. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. You watched it. You told me you said, I want to talk about Phoenix, Denver when you walked in here today. Okay, but well, that was only after, because you would want to talk about it. Okay, well, what Okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, Do you want me to start? No, no, no I'll start. Uh, I mean, I have to admit, it was one of the great offensive performances I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that's, de- I mean, as much as I love Jokic, Jokic? Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. yeah, the Joker, if you yes. want to call him that. Uh, Booker was unbelievable. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if we've seen a, a, a performance like that in recent memory in a game. I was mean, it genius? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it was pretty close. I mean, and I, I mean, to, to hit like he did, even if there was nobody on the court, to have hit like he did just would have been amazing. I mean, he put on a spectacular show, and I haven't seen Devin Booker much, and I was blown away by his performance. Do you know what he has shot in the last two games? 
So you're un- you're unfamiliar with with game three. I don't know what he shot. Okay, no. so on I know that Chris Paul's been out. Yeah, Chris Paul, and he's been playing point guard as well. He's been playing everything. But on Friday night, when they won Game Three, one twenty-one to one fourteen, he scored forty-seven points on twenty of twenty-five from the field. He shot eighty yeah. percent from the field, and then last night he scored thirty-six points, and he was fourteen of eighteen from the field. He also had 12 assists. He also had 12 assists. And, you know, you brought this up on the radio show, and I think you're on to something, mm-hmm. that their pace without Chris Paul may be better. It, well, it's definitely faster. Here's what he has done in nine playoff games so far. He is averaging 36.8 points per game. He is shooting 61.7% from, behind, from, from the field, 51% behind the arc, 87% from the free throw line. Uh, and he's averaging seven and a half assists yeah. a game and five rebounds a game. Booker was incredible last night. So I've told you that there have been just some outrageous games. I had Chris Miles from NBA TV on um, the radio show this morning. Chris used to work, remember, at NBC Sports Washington a few years back. Um, and he hangs out with, you know, the NBA TV group is right next to the TNT group. So he hangs right. out with Shaq. You know, they're all watching the games in the same green room or whatever. It's not a green room. Green room is usually for the guests, yeah. what, whatever it is. Um, and he said, he said, you know, we were all talking about this. And he said, I, I just think it's the most entertaining, high-level postseason I can ever remember in, in a long, long time. And I said, I've been saying the same thing. There's just every night there seems to be a game like last night's game or even like the Celtics 76ers game. Now, yesterday was uh, – uh, Saturday night was it was terrible. You had two massive blowouts, and the Knicks didn't play well and the Warriors didn't play well, um, and that's one of the first days we've had that. Y- yesterday you had the 76ers blowing a big lead and then winning on a three by Harden in overtime when – by the way, this guy, Joe Mazzulla, remember I said to you in game one, I'm like, how do you give the ball to Marcus Smart instead of Jason Tatum, right. who couldn't be stopped? And there he is last night. He's got two timeouts left. He doesn't use either one of them, and they don't even get a shot off. They And they lose by one. The series is now deadlocked to two, not to mention they doubled Embiid and left Harden open for the go-ahead three. But the Nuggets-Suns game last night, Tommy, was like there have been a few games. You know, There have been probably a half dozen games at this point in this postseason where it's just if you're, if you're a basketball fan, it's like I can't believe the level of play. I can't believe the level of shot making. Last night, they weren't shooting. I mean, Jokic was 20 of 30. Yes. And by the way, and I was thinking about you – and people like you, because you're not the only person in my life that doesn't love the NBA and for some of the same reasons. This is a guy that plays center. Yes, he does. Now, he can shoot the three, yeah. understood, but he is like he's so good on that duck in and he's in sealing his defender and getting his defender on the back. He's also great at backing a guy down and he's got every move imaginable. He had 53 points on 20 of 30. He only made two three-pointers. It was a remarkable. Okay. It was a remarkable game, I have to admit. And then Booker and then Durant's shot-making. And the the first three quarters of that game, I think I tweeted this out, I think were the highest-level offensive basketball without bad defense 
offensive efficiency, the passing, the shooting, the shot making that I've seen this entire postseason. I don't honestly remember seeing a game for the first three quarters that went back and forth the way it did between Jokic and Murray and Booker and Durant. Um, And then the fourth quarter, they grabbed that 10-point lead, and then they had a chance, and Jokic actually turned the ball over in that big spot um, at the end. But it was uh, it was one of those games, and I feel that way this way, you know, probably a dozen times a year. You don't want it to end. Like, I was praying for overtime. If that game had gone to overtime, Jokic would have ended up with (laughs) 60-plus. And Booker probably would have ended up with close to 50. I doubt there's ever been a game in which somebody's gone for 60 and 50. Now, they would have needed overtime to to get it done. Um, Now, the other thing out of this game was, did you see Jokic go into the the crowd and the guy holding the ball was Ishbia, the owner, the new owner of the Suns, who, by the way, bought the team from Sarver for $4 billion after he was run out. who was a a college basketball player. He was a walk-on for Izzo at Michigan State. Right. So you've seen that. Yes, I have. So Jokic got assessed a technical, because for those that didn't see it, you can look it up, but it was uh, the ball goes out of bounds, baseline, end of the baseline, um, into the crowd, this guy who is very, you know, unassuming looking uh, grabs the ball and he's holding on to it and won't let go. And Jokic, I think, wants to grab the ball and, and go. Let's let's continue to play. And he, he he yanks the ball out of the the. He thinks it's a fan, his hands, and then shoves him a little bit, not hard. And then Ishbia, who played college basketball, not a lot of it, but he was a walk on. Look, if you're a walk on at Michigan State, you can play. Yes, and he flopped. He does this yes, major flop, and so they assess Jokic at Tech, and now the discussion, and as of now, nothing's been, I'm looking right now um, to see if anything's happened. There's been conversation about whether or not Jokic will get suspended for Game 5. That would be absolutely criminal if that happened. And in fact, the owner, Ishbia, uh, tweeted out, great win for the Suns last night in an amazing series so far. That should be and is the only story. Suspending or fining anyone over last night's incident would not be right. I have a lot of respect for Jokic, and I don't want to see anything like that. Excited for Game 5, go Suns. Good for him. Let me just point out something here. Let's take the owner out of the equation. He put his hands on a fan. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is a line you can't cross. He didn't put his hands on him. Yes, he did. He put put his arm on him. Put his arm on him. Well, he he physically pushed a fan. Okay, but it wasn't. It's a a line you can't cross. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't have NBA players putting their hands on fans. Fans can't, shouldn't, yeah, unless unless you're celebrating together. Okay. Right. Yeah, unless you're celebrating together. So, look, there's part of me that thinks it's ridiculous that they'd even be talking suspension. On the other hand, this is a line that can't be crossed and has to be enforced. I don't think they're going to suspend him, but you can't have a player touch a fan like that under any circumstances. That's what the referee, that's what security is for. So what do you think should happen? Sounds like you're leaning towards you'd suspend. If you were Commissioner Silver, you would suspend him. I think I would. Oh, come on. I think I would. Oh, my God, I'm looking at it again. It's not even really – It's he's not even – by the way, he's not even looking – let me at tell you fan. something. He's, if, he's continuing if, to try to get the ball, and it's his left elbow, and it, it nudges oh, him. Stop it! Nudges Listen, him. If somebody did and that, he to, If somebody did that to you in a crowd, you would turn around and pop. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Oh, not, yes, if, you not, would. not if it was Jokic. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, 
First of all, he shouldn't have held on to the ball. Oh, what a, I, I mean, I love watching this over and over again from the one angle that they didn't have last night where uh, Ishbia just goes back and oh, yeah. throws his yeah, arms up in the air. Flop. No, you don't suspend it. It was a flop, this. but you, you, that's a line you can't cross. I didn't, I, think, I didn't think Draymond Green should be suspended, but Draymond's got obviously a major history. These are not you know similar situations. You mean a major problem. Yeah, major problem with getting tossed and losing his temper. And well, emotions. you know, creative geniuses like him usually do. A lot. Sometimes they cut off ears. Yes, they you do. You know, you just, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're nuts. Um, so, and, yeah, I think he should be suspended. I think you just came up with that take. I think. Why you, would I do that? I don't know, because as I was going through it, it seemed like since we're in studio together, you were like, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. And then all of a sudden you thought about it, and you're like, well, you can't put your hands on it. Uh, no, there's, there's two sides to this thing. Yeah. And that's that's a big deal. Okay. Um, they I bet they don't suspend him. Oh, they probably won't. Okay. They probably won't. But, I mean, imagine if that was your son standing next to you and an NBA player put his hands on him. That way, if my son was holding on to the ball and wouldn't let go, I'd say, let go of the ball, Junior. Okay. By the way, Ju- by the way, get the get rid of the it ball, Kevin it Junior doesn't Sheehan. It does matter what the reason Kevin was. Junior Sheehan. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what the reason would be. Yeah. Well, that he, means nothing. He the, the NBA is a game. He, you're, you're allowed to grab it and, and go. You know, they they don't have to mark the ball into play. That's right. Um, all right. I loved the game last night. I can't wait for tonight's games uh, to watch Jimmy Butler go get go against your Knicks. Um, he was great the other day. The Knicks, I don't think have. I, I mean, the Miami Heat, I think, are going to be in the Eastern you Conference know, these, Finals. These aren't my Knicks. I know. I mean, I like Jimmy Butler. He's one of my favorite players. I'll be pulling for him. And then the Lakers Warriors tonight. I don't like either game. I, by the way, I had Denver last night. I had Denver big. I loved Denver last night. So I was not only into the game, but I was into rooting for one side. <laughs> they were only a one point underdog after losing on Friday night as a three and a half, four point underdog. Um, tonight, Lakers are minus three, minus two and a half on my bookie right now, and the Heat are minus four and a half. I don't like either game, but I. I am interested to see how the Warriors respond to that woeful performance on Saturday night. Um, by the way, it was one of the worst games Draymond Green Draymond Green's ever played in the postseason after a phenomenal game, too. Like last year when they were down 2-1 to one against the Celtics in the NBA Finals and in Boston, that was one of Steph Curry's signature career performances. 43 points on the road, even up that series, and they didn't lose again during the series. Uh, I really am rooting for Golden State. I just don't want to see LeBron (laughs) in the NBA Finals. You sent me something that was interesting. You sent me this story about uh, NBA ratings, um, which I did read. Um, And it's kind of a mixed bag on on how you would do it. But basically, um, this it doesn't have the information about this postseason so far. And Chris Miles, who was on with me this morning, he knows what the numbers are because he's in that business. He said they're through the roof for the Golden State uh, Lakers series, which I I figured would be the highest rated non-NBA final series in years, and it is so far. And he said the Phoenix-Denver series is through the roof. The NBA TV TV numbers for Miami-Milwaukee in Series 1 were the highest NBA TV ratings of all time. Okay, little Adam. Yeah. Let me just What's point little out. What's little Adam? I don't know. I, little, I don't... little Adam, uh, the NBA commissioner. Oh, Silver. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the story is about how they, for the season, 
they were the worst ratings in the past 29 or 30 years. No, that's not exactly what it said. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Did you read the story carefully? Yes, I did. Okay. I've got, now I've got to go back and get the story? Yes, you do. The share numbers are actually up. It's the ratings are the actual ratings. The Nielsen ratings are down. Yeah. Um, uh, but the the share numbers are up. They I don't think they were the they they're the among the worst okay. in the last twenty years. Among Not the, the worst. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think it's like the third or fourth worst. Which is the point of the of story. the regular season. Yes. Not the playoffs so far. Yeah. Well, we don't count the regular season, do we? We shouldn't. <laughs> Because it is a, I, I'm with you on the regular season. It's not a good product. Okay. The NBA is not a good product. The NBA was a great product in the 1980s when they'd have one game on a week on Sunday afternoons in the winter, you know, on CBS. Um, all right. Uh, you've got some stuff. I've got some stuff, including some schedule news. We'll get to all of that and finish up the show when we come back right after these words from a few of our sponsors. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, so when we're on on Wednesday, um, and we'll have that show out earlier than typical because we're going to try to get that done before the radio show on Wednesday, uh, I will have my mock schedule um, what if, done. Well, isn't there some news about the schedule? There is some news. The uh, Peter King, I think, reported that the NFL is contemplating um, holding off on the release of the schedule, which was previously reported to be released on Thursday night. But it's not going to change my it schedule. Won't, it won't change your now, I mean, schedule? should I give Peter King some, some news? 
and tell him that the mock schedule might be delayed? I th- no, no, no. I think you should make, make sure that he knows that the mock schedule will go on as scheduled. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Apparently, and it's not – this is an interesting thing because you know how into the schedule I am. Uh, Except when it comes out. Then you're not interested in it at all. <laughs> no, you don't, don't want to talk about it. Once it's out, well, I don't we want. Do I, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go game by game and yeah, predict so, records, even so though we've done that many times. So you're not. You're not that crazy. About uh, it. I'm crazy about the way they right. pick things and the way they put it together logistically. And they're having a challenge apparently because this year, you know, you have your normal Thursday night game um, to open up the season on Thursday night, September seventh, and it's going to be the Super Bowl champion Chiefs who will host that game at Arrowhead. And their home schedule includes their AFC West opponents, Denver, the Raiders, and the Chargers. And then they have the Eagles, who they played in the Super Bowl, playing at Arrowhead this year. They've got the Bills and the Bengals, who they played epic playoff games at Arrowhead again, you know, the last couple of years. They have the Dolphins, who were, you know, a playoff team from last year. They've got the Lions, who people think could be a playoff team this year, and the Bears. So there's so many games for the NFL to choose from. For the opener. And then you've got, you know, your Thanksgiving Day triple header. And this year, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. Christmas Day is on a Monday night, Monday, Monday night. So there's a double header for Christmas Day to work out. And you've got the Black Friday game the day after Thanksgiving this year. So, and you've got gr- incredible and, matchups on paper and right now. You have the Aaron Rodgers uh, factor. The Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is a major, major factor. And I'll tell you why. Um, on the road, as an example, they play the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys, what do they do every Thanksgiving? They host a game yes. in Texas, in Dallas. I can see the Jets definitely playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day there. Um, uh, they also have uh, you know, a home game against the Chiefs, Aaron Rodgers against the Chiefs. That's a big deal. Yes. They also have a home game against the Commanders, if anybody. that's That reeks uh, to me as a Sunday 1 p.m. game. <laughs> One of the few for Aaron Rodgers this year. But th- they're, 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 they're probably, right now, John Oren. Uh, you know what? That's I'm going to have John on the show before the schedule comes out. John would be a good one to answer this. Because the Chiefs are have this incredible home schedule, um, and you've got all of these holiday games, the, these additional holiday games this year, Black Friday, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, and then, by the way, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Uh, it's like, how do you do it? Well, you don't have to have – excuse me. <laughs> did you just burp on the air? I did. Um, that Chick-fil-A sandwich was excellent. Uh, I, you don't have to – um, open with the Chiefs against the Bills or the Chiefs against the Eagles. I bet we do not see Chiefs-Eagles at all because that's a game that I bet you Fox wants and wants to protect. And you don't need the Chiefs to play the Eagles in the opening game of the year on September 7th, Thursday night, to get an audience. That's going to be the biggest audience regardless right. because everybody would watch any two teams. Yeah. They'd watch Washington play the, Jet, uh, the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they would. Um so I think the Chiefs are going to open up with somebody from their division, like the Raiders or the Broncos or the Chargers. Don't, maybe it'll be the Dolphins. Maybe it'll be uh, the Lions. The Broncos. They could open with with, yeah. uh, with Sean Payton. That could be a good one. Could be a hundred percent. Dallas for their home Thanksgiving uh, Day possibilities. It's the Jets. 
I mean, unless they want to put it, the Eagles on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, which would be a big deal. So you've got all of those challenges uh, with the schedule. They've already announced, I think, some of the international games, um, and we'll probably hear more about those in the next day or two. But, you know, there is this, like, um, cottage industry is not the right way to describe it, but there are all of these Twitter page accounts that spring up this time of year with fake information on the schedule because there's a real desire for schedule information. And so, well, some of it is practical because people want to jump on on certain games. Yeah, sure they do. You know, I mean, you know, if if you're a Commanders fan, uh, especially of recent uh, vintage, you probably invested your money more in going on the road to see your team play than seeing them at home. Yeah. So there are there's a segment of the fan base that that's really interested. You know, there's a segment that says it doesn't matter. I'm going to every game. Right. But there is another segment that really wants to know what that schedule is. Sure. I mean, I, I can guarantee you this. The Vegas Raiders, they have been a popular yes. road trip for yeah. teams. Yes. So let's just look at their home schedule. Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Patriots, Jets, Packers, Vikings, Steelers, Giants. Think there will be a few Giant fans in <laughs> Vegas for the Giants-Raiders game? Um, so back to the conversation that we had earlier in the show about the kind of home opener that Washington should have with a new owner. They have eight home games this year. The Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Cardinals, 49ers, Bills, Dolphins, Bears. So I don't personally think that they'll have a Cowboys or an Eagles or a Giants opening up. I don't think they will. I don't think yeah. they should. Yeah. Like we said – I think they should create, uh, if we have a new owner by then, if yeah. we have a new owner by then. Is there any news on that today? I don't think so. You I think know? there's going to be some news this week. Okay. Well, if, if, if that doesn't happen, if mm. there's a new owner in town by then, then I think you want to give the franchise every opportunity to fill that stadium for the first game with Commanders fans. I agree. And I think that's what they'll probably do. All right. Uh, do you have anything else? How about, is, is Otani going to get $600 million? I don't know. I don't know if he'll get that much. Want to talk about the Nats? Uh, I mean, what they, they did what they did yesterday was remarkable. Yeah. I mean, after take after having their hearts pulled out of their chest on Saturday, on Saturday night, coming back uh, only to blow the game on on Kyle Vinnigan walking in the winning run, to bounce back from that, to be down by six to three in yesterday's game, and come back to win that. The team has a lot of heart. They play hard. Uh, and I don't mean to be the gloomy Gus, which I never am. No, but uh, this is—I mean, this is—it's going to take its toll on this team over the course of a season. To win games like this with that level of talent they have, it's going to take its toll. It's going to be a long August and September. You think so? Yes. Oh, that's yes. doom and gloom. Well, I mean, playing competitive baseball. Yes, I mean, at least get through your event when there may be, you know, a manager or GM in town (laughs) that will be there, uh, staying positive. Yes, my event May twenty second. Yes, Shelley's back room. You go to dcgrays dot com, buy tickets. Uh, It gives you a chance to bid on such items as two ringside seats to the next Beltway Battles fight in June. At the DC, at the Entertainment and Sports Arena in DC, I went there Saturday night to see Beltway Battles Four. That's Beltway Battles Five is in June. It's a series of fights that local promoters are putting on. Okay, and it was fun. It was a lot of it was club fights. 
You know, not real high-level talent, but very entertaining fights and a very entertaining main event against uh, two very competitive fighters. Uh, one locally out of Silver Spring named Suleiman Sagawa mm-hmm. uh, by way of Uganda. And he won. He stopped Uganda or Uganda? Uganda. Uganda. He yeah. stopped his opponent like at 226 of the 10th and final round. Wow. I mean, it was it was a fun night of fights, and and uh, the promoters are donating two ringside seats to the next boxing show in June at the Entertainment and Sports Arena, which is a great facility for boxing. Are we going to don- donate anything? Oh, I think we have to. We do. I think we do. A studio. Look at we we did very well. With this last studio well, visit. It, it was a very, very, I mean, John and Courtney are yes. a nice, normal couple. Yes, we did very I well. I mean, we, we've we, had some of these in the past, going back to the radio station, yes. where we had some, you know. Yeah. No, we, we did just, we did pretty good by, by <laughs> our podcast did. visitors. Yeah. Um, are you going down to San Antonio to cover the uh, <laughs> yeah. XFL championship? You know, John talked about <laughs> it when we, did you hear him at the game? No. He talked about uh, like renting a plane and, and going down to see it. I, mean, mm-hmm. I reminded him it was Mother's Day weekend, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that that would pretty much li- keep me from going. It would well, it would keep me from going too. But I, you know, I I think that well for John, he'll be going. Maybe he'll take his mother, who was his father was at the game. Yes, or was that Courtney's father? That was Courtney's mom okay. and dad. Yeah, Courtney's mom yeah. and dad. Okay. So. Uh, no, but I'll be watching. Mother's Day always reminds me of what I ask my uh, I ask my wife for Father's Day. I ask her if it would be okay if I could play golf on Mother's Day <laughs> as my Father's Day gift. <laughs> That's mean. Um, all right, are we done? I think we're finished. All right, boss. back back tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure with whom, but I've got a couple of feelers out there. Have a good day. <laughs>